We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Hello and welcome everybody. My name is Nick. I'll be leading us through the meeting this morning. Special welcome to anybody visiting, uh, anybody new amongst us and those who are overseas. It's really good to have you all with us. Before we get started, we've just got a couple of announcements to make and I'm just gonna hand over to Mark for the first announcement. Thanks, Nick. Morning, everybody. I'm here to announce about the countdown to the Christmas light turn on, which is actually happening, believe it or not, tomorrow. So bright and early tomorrow morning, they're going to be setting up the massive Christmas tree for us. That's Andrew's Corner. And there's going to be loads of events for the launch. We've got Lottie that's going to be reading a poem. We've got Heather with her wonderful voice going to be singing Holy, Oh Holy Night. And most importantly, I'm really excited about this. Our Song of Hope, where so many people have contributed and recorded their voices, is going to be have its premiere tomorrow evening as part and parcel of that event. So obviously we're going to be available on Zoom, but it's also going to be streamed on Facebook Live. So that's the link that we can send to all our friends. If our friends dial into it, they'll be able to watch it on Facebook Live. And that's going to be really, really exciting. So we want you to involve all of your friends and your family to be part and parcel of that thing. The Christmas trees themselves get turned on at 6 o'clock tomorrow night. But all the information you can find on the website and stuff. Thanks very much indeed. I'm looking forward to it. Great, thank you, Mark. That sounds like it'll be really, really cool. Right, we've got a, a very, very special and exciting announcement. Big congratulations to Moses and Zalani, who have had a baby boy. I think we can see a picture of that baby boy on the screen. So that is absolutely amazing news. Very cute, very cute. <laughs> cool. So I was thinking about um, this morning and I was thinking about something that John shared with us last week. And he was talking about a point in uh, the book of 2 Timothy, I think it is, where Paul says to Timothy to fan the flame and to fan into flame the gift of God. And that's not about us trying to muster up something inside of us or trying to get something going. But it's about recognizing the gifts and the things that God has given us. It's about boasting in him, recognizing who God is and what he's done. And I just thought that that would be a really good thing for us to think about as we're about to take some time worshiping God uh, with song, that this is not a time for us to try and make something happen, but this is a time for us to focus on who God is and what he has done. So on that note, I'm going to hand over to Stephen. Praises rising Hosanna, 
praise is rising again. Praise is rising. Eyes are turning to you. We turn to you. You are the hope who saves us. You are the one who saves us. As we're in our homes, as we're there, we can come together and be with you and you can meet us. Thank you for that, Father. 
I pray now that you touch everyone here and everyone in their homes right now, Father. As we come and praise you and give you all the glory. Thank you, Lord. Make this real, Father. You are the one who saves us. Our God saves. Thank you, Father. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come. We gather together to lift up your name, to call on your Savior, to fall in the name of the Father.
Jesus, my Savior. Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mighty love. My comfort, my comfort, my shelter, tower of refuge and strength. Let every breath, every breath, all that. John up who's going to share with us good okay welcome it's uh, it's good that we can be focusing on uh, something really positive well let me go one step beyond that that we can focus on someone who enables us to be positive 
in spite of what's happening outside. I wonder, as we look at this, um, what is your reason for hope this Christmas? Well, we, we have an easy answer to that. I think last Sunday we explained, uh, we've been on a journey in which all the roads seem to bring us to the cliff edge. We've reached the end of our ability, but we haven't reached our destination yet. We need someone bigger, better, stronger than us to carry us to where we need to be. We need the Spirit of God to enable us. To enable us to give a, a witness to those who don't know him. To actually be better more supernatural friends one to another. Reflect more of biblical friendship. Go beyond anything that we've known before. Something which takes us beyond our natural ability and that's why we constantly had to come back and say we need that outpouring, we need that freshness, that fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, the enabling that God alone can give to us. We need that to be part of his mission, to fill the earth with his glory. What an amazing calling, what an amazing task that he's given to us, but equipped us to fulfil it. We need that to enable us to, to be and to do all that he's given us to do. You know, last week we said that it's not really about more teaching, it's about more empowering and a commitment to do what he gives us to do. So we've been focusing on waiting on him. Now I think, I think it's good to be encouraged. We're on the right track. We're beginning to hear, uh, even from last Sunday, uh, people doing that. I know there's a limitations of Zoom but doing that and actually experiencing God, but not just Sunday. There's lots of stories coming through of people having a nudge of the Holy Spirit or a particular connection or meeting or something to do or to give. And we'll share some of those in coming days. God is at work. But I want to get a number of people to share and contribute today. And first I, I'm going to show you uh, a video um, of Jason and what he experienced and he's just going to share that, that in video. Jason, you were telling me about last Sunday, God really met with you while John was talking. Yeah, it felt, I had like an overwhelming feeling of life and that um, John was speaking about fanning into the flame, but it felt like it was the opposite for me, um, that my old past and my old life of addiction was being blown out by the phone and um, a new life was coming back in. Um, I just keep getting the warm feelings of like love and like, God telling me it's going to be all right. Um, the cravings have been stopped and that. And yeah, I just like a warm feeling inside me saying there's, there's no more, like the past has been left behind now. 
and there's a new start to it all. Great, thank you. Isn't God good? God can do so much more than what we can ever do. I'm going to hear from Elspeth now, uh, something that God has quickened to her. Thank you, Elspeth. Yeah, so last Sunday, as we were encouraged to press into God during the worship, um, God really started to impress on me an angle on something that uh, to emphasise during um, an LCP gathering that I was part of during the week. And earlier the previous week, I'd been looking through some old LCP photos and I'd become quite choked as I felt God's compassion rise for three former staff members. And I started to wonder what they were doing now and what impact their time with us had had on them. But then a couple of days ago, out of the blue, one of those staff members responded to a social media post I'd put. And I'm now due to meet up with her again, having not seen her for years, just out of that prompting um, from from the previous Sunday. God is so good. This is what we're saying. It's the prompting of the Holy Spirit because that actually produces an expectation and a faith to actually move out in his purpose. Now the Bible's word for um, waiting on God to reveal his presence and his plan, guess what that's called? It's called hope. Hope is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not something that we kind of can build up by always looking on the bright side of life or something like that. No, this is a work of the Holy Spirit. And we can expect that as we look to the Spirit to meet us at the cliff edge, as we step out, as we reach that point, the Spirit of God will produce that hope. We can't, but He can and he will. Let's give a little definition of hope. Hope is the willingness to wait, maybe with some excited anticipation, for God to act. It's to focus and to wait. Our hope for God to act in the future is actually influenced by what God has shown himself in the past, what is real, what he's actually caused us to know and to believe. Now we want to have a look at a, a little video, um, Bible Project video, um, which you have to concentrate because it, it moves, or at least the speaking moves quite quickly but it's, it's a good little description about hope. Thank you. So let's say you want to describe the feeling of anticipating a future than the present. You might be giddy or excited or maybe unsure, but most of us know that experience. We call it hope. It's a state of anticipation and it's crucial for healthy human existence. And it's a really important concept in the Bible. In fact, there are many words for hope in the ancient languages of the Bible and they're all fascinating. In the Old Testament, there are two main Hebrew words translated as hope. The first is yachal, which means simply to wait for. 
Like in the story of Noah and the ark, as the flood waters recede, Noah had to yachal for weeks. The other Hebrew word is kava, which also means to wait. It's related to the Hebrew word kav, which means cord. When you pull a kav tight, you produce a state of tension until there's release. That's kava, the feeling of tension and expectation while you wait for something to happen. The prophet Isaiah depicts God as a farmer who plants vines and kavahs for good grapes. Or the prophet Micah talks about farmers who both kava and yachal for morning dew to give moisture to the land. So in biblical Hebrew, hope is about waiting or expectation. But waiting for what? In the period of Israel's prophets, as the nation was sinking into self-destruction, Isaiah said, at this moment, the Lord's hiding his face from Israel, so I will kava for him. The only hope Isaiah had in those dark days was the hope for God himself. You find the same notion of hope all over the book of Psalms, where these words appear over 40 times. In almost every case, what people are waiting for is God. Like in Psalm 130, the poet cries out from a pit of despair, I kava for the Lord, let Israel yachal for the Lord, because he's loyal and will redeem Israel from its sins. Biblical hope is based on a person, which makes it different from optimism. Optimism is about choosing to see in any situation how circumstances could work out for the best. But biblical hope is not focused on circumstances. Hopeful people in the Bible often recognize there's no evidence things will get better but you choose hope anyway. Like the prophet Hosea, he lived in a dark time when Israel was being oppressed by foreign empires and he chose hope when he said God could turn this valley of trouble into a door of hope, like the day when Israel came up from the land of Egypt. God had surprised his people with redemption back in the days of the Exodus and he could do so again. So it's God's past faithfulness that motivates hope for the future. You look forward by looking backward, trusting in nothing other than God's character. It's like the poet of Psalm 39 who says, And now, O Lord, what else can I kava for? You are my yachal. In the New Testament, the earliest followers of Jesus cultivated the similar habit of hope. They believed that Jesus' life, death, and resurrection was God's surprising response to our slavery to evil and death. The empty tomb opened up a new door of hope, and they used the Greek word elpis to describe this anticipation. The apostle Peter said that Jesus' resurrection opened up a living hope that people can be reborn to become new and different kinds of humans. More than once, the Apostle Paul says the good news about Jesus announces the El Peace of glory. In both cases, this El Peace is based on a person, the risen Jesus who has overcome death. And this hope wasn't just for humans. The Apostles believed that what happened to Jesus in the resurrection was a foretaste of what God had planned for the whole universe. In Paul's words, it's a hope that creation itself will be liberated from slavery to corruption into freedom when God's children are glorified. So Christian hope is bold, waiting for humanity and the whole universe to be rescued from evil and death. And some would say it's crazy, and maybe it is. But biblical hope isn't optimism based on the odds. It's a choice to wait for God to bring about a future that's as surprising as a crucified man rising from the dead. Christian hope looks back to the risen Jesus in order to look forward. And so we wait. That's what the biblical words for hope are all about. It goes way beyond just thinking on the bright side. This is something that is powerful, that God calls us and enables us to live in. We're giving a, given a light which redefines the shadows, a light that can't be put out.
That's an amazing thing. It stays with us in every dark place. Light that dawns and promises. God is with us. Right now, there's certainly a lot of darkness around. Economic collapse, political indecision, what's going to happen with Brexit, how they're going to get the vaccine out, international relations, uncertainty, divisions between geographic regions, races, sexes, climate disaster. I'm making myself feel sad just rehearsing it, you know. Ongoing effects of the pandemic, loneliness, services breaking down. But we declare God is for us and God is with us. That changes everything. See, we have a declaration. Oh, come on. Stand together right now. Let's make that declaration. Let's just use that song and make that declaration. This is the Holy One. This is God's only Son. This is the King of Kings. This changes everything. And again, this, this is our declaration. This is God's only Son. Oh, hallelujah. This is the King of Kings. The King of Kings. This changes everything. This is... We're declaring this. We're not just singing it. This is our declaration. Hallelujah. our declaration as we speak out that thing that we believe this is the king of kings this is God's only son this changes everything it's a wonderful thing as we make that declaration we begin again to stir within us reason for the hope that is within we want to have that bubbling up inside us. We want that reason to be there. What is your reason? What stories do you have up your sleeve when you give out the candle or meet someone maybe <coughs> at Andrew's corner or talk to a colleague or a family member?
Let's just take a moment to, to just pause and consider that. Let's see what God is saying. I sense God just saying something. You know, earlier this morning, I don't often do this, but I felt to turn to the word. It wasn't random, it was where I was reading going into the next chapter. Something really stood out to me. It started off like this. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. There was something, it was, it was one day. It was a special day. Now it goes on to, to describe the story, and, but the thing that struck me was the special nature of that one day. Let's just wait before God a second. But I just sense God's word. Hmm. I sense the Lord is saying that this is not about looking back into the past. The past is gone, the past is finished neither is it just about looking into the future because he's taken care of it in the same way he's as he took care of us in the past he's taking care of us in the future and guess what he joins those two things together and he takes care of us in the present but at this time the Lord is calling us to step to step out. The picture that he sets before me is on a cold platform waiting for a train. Maybe early morning, frosty. But there's a warm waiting room. And we're in the waiting room. Then the train is pulling into the station in order to step on the train, we have to leave the warmth of the waiting room and embrace the coldness in order to get into the purpose that he has. Lord, we look to you at this time and believe that you're speaking to us and ask you that you would show us what it is for us individually, not to dwell in the past or try and project into the future, but to step out of our present waiting room into that purpose that you have. Lord, your promise is that you'll empower us with the Holy Spirit, that you'll come and take us and propel us as we take the step. And we call upon you now, Lord, for those nudges, those directions, that empowering, but most of all, Lord, for that warmth of compassion, Lord, that we might love with your love and glorify your name. We've been asking people, uh, about this hope 
It's a question, what is this hope? A question we've asked a number of them. And, uh, and to share that. And Amanda uh, and Sally, um, both inspired uh, by the song Living Hope. Let's hear from them now. Okay, so my reason for hope this Christmas is from a line from that song, Living Hope. It's the line, the King of Kings calls me his own. And to me, it just speaks of an intimacy and reassures me that I matter, that I'm valued by the one who is the King of Kings, the one who rules over heaven and earth, that I'm precious and that I belong. And it's good news because it means I don't need to look for significance in anything else. And it affects the way that I think and behave because I know that no matter what, I'm secure in him. But that's a daily choice. It's that choice to step out onto that cold platform and to walk, and to walk in the good of the truth that he is with me and that I am with him. Thank you, Sally. Amanda? So he declared that all sickness, death, despair, fear, anxiety, addiction, stress is finished in the moment. But sometimes when I slip into thinking about the circumstances of life, for my life or for somebody else, it's like in that moment that that becomes slightly bigger than what Jesus declared on the cross. So when I hear that line, it switches my thinking and my understanding back to him saying, I have done it, I've completed it, it is possible. Um, and it shifts my view. And then I can see wholeness, freedom, healing for us all. Everything becomes possible again. And for me, that is an amazing hope. Both Sally and Amanda speak about something that God does uh, in us. And in a bit, we're going to use that song because remember, we're not trying to do vast amounts of, of teaching at the moment. We're looking to actually access God to fulfill the very thing he's saying, to place that hope within us to, by the power of the Holy Spirit, direct us as to how and who we reach out to. That something stirs within that is not, it's not us trying to conjure up something, it's God at work. Now let's be real. Is this something, is this a hope that something that you say, hmm, I, I'm hearing that and I, there's something there that I'd really like. Maybe you would say, yeah, I already experienced that, but has anybody ever decided they got enough? Maybe some more. Would you like, for example, to be excited about the thought of sharing the good news with others? We don't want to be in a situation, well, it's my duty, I have to do it. I mean, that's a kind of legal position, it's dead. But compassion moving, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. This is the taking us 
across from the cliff edge to get to the other side. So we use this song. Stephen's going to come as a response, believing that the, the Spirit of God will remove the veil, the, the, any blockage, because at this time we have to be, again, empowered by the Holy Spirit to minister from what he is doing within us. The Spirit will teach and remind you, that's a promise. And the Spirit intercedes for us through wordless groans when we don't even know what to pray. Let's stand together and share in this song. Let's not just sing the song, but let's embrace the words. Thank you, Stephen. How great the chasm that lay between us. How great the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness, your the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Verse 2. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to bear my sin and wear my shame. The cross is spoken, I am forgiven. The King of Kings calls me his own. Oh, tearful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah.
Jesus Christ, my living hope. You know, God could have done what he's going to do without us, but he chose for us to be part of it. And in order to do that, he brought us into that living hope and placed that life within us. Just before Nick comes, I want to take you back to something I mentioned earlier on, just looking. And what struck me, as I said earlier, was one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. You see, we just talk about one day as being a generalization. There aren't any, as far as God is concerned. He makes every day and gives us the opportunity to rejoice in it. But just so that we know, on that particular day, they came and asked Jesus, 
something specific that teach us how to pray. And then he taught them what we've all come to know as the Lord's Prayer. What a day. One day, something stirs them to ask, Lord, teach us how to pray. And 2,000 years later, we still use the same prayer. We sing it. We speak it. You see, he's the God of eternity. He deals in eternity. He calls us to be people of eternal beings. He gives to us things which are life-changing for us and for others. Just goes on in that same chapter. Talks about the story of a man whose friend came unexpected and he goes to his friend and asks for some food because he's got nothing to give him and he keeps on and because he kept on the man said okay there's something about not just turning sometimes like they came to him and he taught them to pray it doesn't say that he, they asked him many times but then he goes on to in this very same chapter, the very next verse, to actually use this parable. I don't think we're a people that expect to ask seven or seven hundred times. But I'd like to believe as the Spirit of God stirs us that we're ready to ask and show that we really mean to him that we're asking and be prepared to ask more than once so that we are genuinely positioned in our heart to receive. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook, lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at lifelineuk.uk.